One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such. Your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. It is Friday and we've just stopped giggling over Wednesday's podcast. It's news and such, footy prime the podcast. Shaman's here, Wong is here, Forrest is here, Brennan is here, and Dunlop is here. Now, uh, today we will touch at the end of the show on international football. Obviously, some big games for Canada's women's team and Steph LaBay says farewell to international football. I want to hear from Craig and Jimmy when they knew their international careers were done or were they told? Anyway, before then, let's have a bit of a deep dive, shall we, into the big game this weekend. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a title decider. City-Liverpool on Sunday. For me, it's if City win, it is. If they don't win, then it's not quite a decider. B, do you, do you get what I'm saying there? <sighs> No, Charms, I don't oh. get what you're saying. <laughs> well, if, if if they win, if City win, right, it's four points, okay? Right? On on Liverpool, yeah. correct? And they've got the easiest schedule. If they draw, then they're obviously tied, right? So it's not a decider. If they lose, then it's two points, which to me isn't enough of an edge to say that the Reds are going to win this thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad you explained that. These earlier morning records, guys, they're really difficult for me. For the record, it's 10 o'clock in the morning to the listeners out there. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Okay, How about about Craig answers this question? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Go ahead, Craig. (laughs) Jesus. Question. Craig. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, can you answer the question? (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think if Liverpool wins this, I think if Liverpool wins it, I think they win the league. And you're right. Ooh. Man City does win it. They they pull away four points. Um, Liverpool then has got Man United. There's some tough games after. Um, and it seems like it might be an easier run for, for City. Um, so it'll be an interesting match. But uh, I would like to see Liverpool win this simply because of the fact that I think the... I think the finish to the season would be fantastic with the two of them competing, but I'd like to see Liverpool win the league. Okay, and so I'm not a Liverpool or Man City fan. Thank but, you, Jimmy, for answering the question, though. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You disagree with my premise, but it's a good answer. Yeah. It's kind of what confused me, though, because I was trying to process the results and the point differential, and I'm not looking at anything. I'm just looking at your lovely faces. And I thought, they got United next, and then don't they have big games? They've got Spurs. They've got to go yeah. away to Villa Park, which no, is easy for no one. But got the, the Derby as well, which, okay, it's Everton, but it's a Derby nonetheless. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. You so know, do you understand it now? It is at that point. Yeah, I understand Processing the differential. It's one point, the differential. I feel like, like Jimmy said, that the Liverpool getting the result will will make uh, for the most exciting finish, you know, that we could have hoped for this season. I mean, Jesus, there were 13 points ahead, City running away with it. It would really put the pressure on them. Um, the way Liverpool is playing, I think they're more than capable of it, which is, you know, really not what I would have said a few months ago. If we're having this conversation at, at, at Christmas, um, you know, the, the result means nothing. The fact that that um, they're in the situation that they're in now, like full credit to Liverpool for putting that uh, forward on all fronts, right? And having people dream of the quadruple. I think that's a good pressure to have. A couple of years ago, I think that would have been too much pressure for them. Now I think it's it's a good pressure because it feels like this, this you know, 
f- phenomenal fantasy within reach. It's always nice to coming from behind too, you know. So Liverpool are in a good situation, pretty good. Uh, I would say that can't afford to lose this match. Charms. Jimmy is so juvenile. <laughs> you laughed just as when I when I laughed, you laughed at the same time because you were thinking the same thing. <laughs> Are you texting each other while we're doing this? No, no. no. Bren, Brendan's not even on the show today. No, he's not. He's, no. he's somewhere else. But it's a valid point because only from behind, you and I started laughing when he said that. Coming from behind can be tricky. That's great. <laughs> And that's why Canadian Tires hasn't called us back yet. <laughs> we'll see if, if I find this show is funny when I listen back to it. I might not. Not put this on yeah. the demo reel. Send it all out. Jumpstart has a whole new meaning. I just looked at Charms and two of us just started laughing. <laughs> Grown men, fathers. Oh, God. <laughs> Such stupid. children. Um, City could be in trouble again, right? Do you see Der Spiegel's been snitching again? They, they've uh, released another uh, article talking about some financial improprieties. Uh, apparently, City allegedly liaised with government agency over payments. That's in Abu Dhabi. The club under the Premier League investigation claims Der Spiegel potential rule breaches include paying fees for underage players. <gasps> now, Pep was asked at his press conference this morning, is it just a coincidence these stories break before, you know, the biggest game of the season? Jurgen Klopp's German, right? And Der Spiegel's German as well. Ooh, could it be? Or maybe it's just that uh, some of these big clubs are just constantly, consistently doing shit they shouldn't be doing. (laughs) And and getting away with it. Did you see this new are. financial fair play rules coming in? And that's called something different. It's not called FFP anymore. Let me look at what it's called. Yeah, it's, 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 it's called like, we're going to try really hard to keep you accountable this time. Yeah. Good luck with that. Only it's allowing clubs with um, stable financials to actually lose more money over a three-year period than before. Let me look here. How would you describe Der Spiegel? You guys lived in Europe. They're kind of like... To me, they're like a sensationalized version of Panorama because it seems like they do these investigative stories, yes, but they definitely sell them as a, they sensationalize whatever the story is. No? But they carry weight, don't they? They People listen. They cause trouble. Mm -hmm. They got enough going on in England. They don't need to read uh, German German. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. With the sun, the mirror, and every other newspaper over there constantly pulling stories out. Yeah. That makes a good point, sure though, or not. about you know these these stories coming out uh, ahead of the the biggest game. But as Forrest says, like they're doing this shit all the time, and it doesn't matter what UEFA does or what FIFA does, what legislature, what new rules they put in. These teams are always going to find ways to do that. And the richer these teams are, the more creative that they get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the don't like Ashley be... was doing this to some degree or had conversations about doing things like this or, or you know, the, the Sullivan and Gold. I'm sure everyone's had conversations about how to kind of do things under the under the radar. But don't we I mean on are... the smaller scale, creative accountants, you know, find a way to limit your tax bill. Don't we all kind of do it to a certain point without breaking whoa, whoa, laws? Whoa. Of course. We just want to eat the pie. Don't tell us how the pie is made. <laughs> I'm talking about personal taxes. My pie business is above board, let me tell you. Above board. But it's, the more it's like money the, you, the, more like money the, you the, have, the more money that you can spend on the very top lawyers to just crush these guys, too. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Hey, just, like the, uh, the other thing is uh, Der Spiegel is in English, it's the mirror. So mm. is the mirror in England... A no, sensationalist newspaper. No, no. See, see, this is like the Spiegel is like the tabloid for nerds, right? Whereas the Mirror would like break stories and orgies and allegations and improprieties socially. The Spiegel is all about the the financials. We told this story before. We used to have a segment on our hardcore sports radio show called Man in the Mirror, and the Michael Jackson song would play, and then Sharma would read a story from the Mirror that day that just was always the most ridiculous story ever. <laughs> That was a great segment. That was fun. Yeah. 
I don't know, but regardless, I'm sure it's a slight distraction, but no one really cares. But let's let's break down this this game a little bit. Let's do a game. We played this game before. Would you rather? Right? I think we did this uh, Christmas party one year, didn't we? Forget now. Anyway, would you rather? Regarding this game, so let's start with: Would you rather have City's front three? And for this, I'm going with Sterling, Foden, and Grealish. Or would you rather have Liverpool's front three? Mane, I'm putting Jota in there, and Salah. Craig, you got to pick one. You can't say, "Ah, oh, they're both good." We we know they're both good. You got to pick one. You're the manager. Oh, you, you're building a new team. I'm going to go with Liverpool. Pick Liverpool. Is that because you hate English people? <laughs> Craig's frozen, I think. Am I? Craig, jump out and jump back in. Mm-hmm. No, like me, it's just the early morning. He's just processing. He's just on a, a bit of a mental delay. I'm it's still early buffering. Early mornings, it's here. 10 a.m. for Christ's sake. Do you know what I've done before? Anyway, all right, let's try again. Uh, B, let's start with you then. Okay, front three, Sterling, Foden, Grealish, or Mane, Jota, and Salah, and why? Give me Liverpool. Um, the the cultural mosaic, for one. Uh, no, honestly, I, I just I think that they're, that they're dynamic. Um, and th- there's, just, there's just something about the way... They, they've uh, adjusted Liverpool, I guess, or, you know, um, evolved, I would say, with uh, the addition of Jota, which just, I think, to me, makes them so lethal. And they're consistent. They're so consistent. Whereas you, you look at City and, you know, part of it is because they're chopping and changing all the time. They're able to. They've got phenomenal players to be able to do that. But I just think that the, the consistency that Liverpool, that front three put up, it's remarkable. You just don't see it for as long as that they, they've done it. And, and to be able to evolve with a, a new person in Jota there, I just think that they're so lethal. Craig, you want to try again? Oh, I would say uh, I would agree with uh, B on that one. Just from the dynamicism or because you hate English people? Mm, nothing to do with that. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> 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 Jimmy Just certain people from certain parts of the country that's all yeah I, I got nothing against private school guys <laughs> Jimmy what you got there which front three would you rather Liverpool. have I'm taking Liverpool all day long oh. give us a coaching perspective why dynamic I think they well they've they've scored more goals in City this year as well um you know whether it's uh, Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jota. I just think they're they're more fun to watch for me when when Liverpool break and they get going forward. And I think they're they're more clinical. So I'm going to take Liverpool. Do you, do you see why you know Kane almost joined City last year? I mean, it's so you can't criticize City, right? They spread the wealth. The goals are spread throughout the team. They're incredible. Right, they're not lacking anything. But do you understand why Craig, you know, they were after Kane and why Erling Haaland is really linked with them at the moment? Yes, I do. Yeah, because they want to uh, expand and they would like that dynamic front players like Liverpool. But they do manage to do it without, you know, they don't even have to play uh, that way. Uh, Man City, because they're just so excellent and build up and the rest of the team and just overall just a fantastic balanced side but yes you can see why they would be interested in Kane yeah I think when you look at City as well City every every match is a team effort isn't it like you don't know who's going to score who's going to chip in that day whereas Liverpool you kind of guaranteed you know who's going to bag the goals for them so it's harder to coach against City, right? In that case, at least Liverpool might burn you, but you know who's going to burn you. Whereas City, it's like, well, where where do you? How do you defend City? Are they a tougher team to defend than Liverpool? Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Tactically, Jimmy, I'd say I'd think that they are. If you're preparing yeah, yeah. for them, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, but you, it's it's a funny one. I think I think with. With Man City, you could probably contain them a little bit more. It's just the way that they play, you know. And I think uh, a lot of teams have done that 
over the last number of games where they're, you know, they're disciplined, they're organized because they know all over the park, somebody in Man City could, could hurt you. Whereas Liverpool, you're just expecting them to come at you at certain points, whether it's a transition, uh, you know, you, you lose possession, all of a sudden somebody's coming at you, whether it's Salah, Mane, somebody's, somebody's coming in. I think it's a lot harder to, to contain Liverpool than, than what Man City is. And I think you've seen that as well. You know, B, you, you said at the beginning there were 13 points ahead and all of a sudden now pe- teams are pulling them back in. Well, Liverpool's pulling them back in. It's because mm. the opposition that's played against Man City are starting to figure them out a little bit more. I think the two wide players for uh, Liverpool really help as well, that front line too. They're, they're more Sharp. direct, aren't they? In, in a different kind of way, not like long ball direct, but just when they get the ball, they boom, they pounce. You know where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, I'm such pace, it's it's incredible. You were saying there, Sharms, about City, does it make them more difficult to defend because you don't know how they're going to come at you? I think, you know, we've seen the negative for themselves, like for Pep, the over-tinkers, right? And like, look at the Champions League final last year when it doesn't work for Klopp. He knows from where and kind of the quick change to make. Because City is so... Uh, you know, the puzzle pieces are so different shaped, I guess, uh, when one thing isn't working. I think it takes Pep slightly longer to kind of figure it out. We've seen several examples of that. And I keep just going back to that Champions League final where I, I didn't think Chelsea had a bloody chance to win that final. And yeah. City were by far the better side, but they couldn't get it right when it really mattered in those one off moments. So they'll be feeling they'll be feeling pressure in this game. See, this week, uh, Pep was asked, do you overthink these games? And he goes, yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. I overthink everything. He says, my whole life I overthink. <laughs> it's a great response. You talk to Lampard, he doesn't seem to know what's going on from one day to the next. He doesn't know his opposition, apparently. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. Because they've got a tough Poor Frank. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to look at the fixture list either if I was him. Oh, poor Frank. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Just stay in bed and pull the covers over your head. God, he's just lost, doesn't he? Do you think, what do you think the the text messages are with John Terry, who's like on a beach somewhere or just always like he's in the gym at uh, at Chelsea, just doing his own thing, being free? And poor Lampard is going through that hell. Yeah. Yeah. It might make JT second guess his aspirations to coach in the Premier League. Oh, probably not because he probably thinks he'd be the best ever. That's how JT JT works. Except for the millions that Lampard's made being a failure so far. Yeah, I guess if he fails, he's not worrying about his mortgage being paid, is he? It's a little bit different. You know, Lampard, actually, he said this week, someone asked him, um, you know, what's the pressure like at, at that end of the table, relegation compared to at the top? And he said it's it's exactly the same. It's just expectations. It's different, but it's the same pressure. I can't believe that. We discussed last podcast what relegation feels like for a team. If you're a point up off the relegation zone, the pressure has to be more than if you're a point back of first place. I know it's a different kind of pressure, but it must be different. Yeah, it is totally different. But there is pressure for sure because um, even when we won the the championship, uh, just a couple of games before, we could have clinched it, I think, at Bristol City. And we didn't. And the fans were just all over us, you know, like, we ruined their party basically and their long drive back from Bristol all the way back to Ipswich. So you got that sort of pressure to get over the line. And when you do, it's kind of relief more than anything. Um, but when you're in that relegation fight, you can't sleep at night. You can't, Oh, you're just thinking about what it's going to do to the club. Where is the club going to go? Are you going to get a contract? Are you going to be let go? Are you going to be sold? Or, you know, all these different things are going through your head, but, um, there is nothing good about being relegated. Nothing. It's good no. stress and bad stress, right? Good cholesterol, mm. bad cholesterol. Mm. And, and cholesterol. a lot of people don't realize too, even with the players' contracts, your 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 salary drops when you get relegated as well. A lot of a lot of the really the contracts, yeah. Why would you put that in your contract? You mean a fucking stupid thing? <laughs> That's what they had back then, yeah. Really? If yeah, if you got promoted, I wouldn't sign that shit. No, if you got promoted, this was what you were you were making, and it was relegation then a certain percentage would drop. It's just because the clubs are trying to cover their assets as well, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen many a club uh, descend, 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 both yeah. financially and in the table because they didn't have those clauses. Yeah. So do those clauses not exist True. at all anymore? 
Because when Villa went down, there was a few players that had these clauses and a few that didn't. And that's what yeah. made it really difficult. I, M- Micah Richards and a f- few of these b- higher wage guys didn't have a clause like that. It always depends. It always depends. And it usually would be your higher wage players that will get away with that because they're going to say, no, I'm not signing that contract unless it stays the same when I get relegated. So it depends on your power as a player, how good you are as a player, Mm. how um, they can do without you. (laughs) To go back. The better you are, the more power you have in the the contract room. Mm. Do you think Michael's got the same kind of deal with his his media contracts, B? Like if if he's on Sky Sports, um, he gets paid a certain amount, but if he drops down to BT, it's less. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I, I, I bet you he's uh, he's got a slightly different wage for each one, um, but I bet you they're all going up, and there's going to be one that wants him exclusively. He's he's so bloody good. He's fantastic. He's so much any fun. Of the clips when he's he's been with CBS uh, since they got the Champions League. So in the London studio with Kate Abdo, who's phenomenal, she live translates for God's sakes in in four languages. It's un, unbelievable to to watch her host. And the Carragher, um, they always have a manager. I saw Slavin Bilic this week. Usually it's Roberto Martinez, but he's a bit busy at the moment. And Micah Richards is in there. And they used Micah on the U.S. broadcast with Clint Dempsey, Gucci Anievu, and Charlie Davies is the other one. And the, the chemistry and the banter is just incredible with all of them. And you see him with Keane. Like, he can work with anybody. Yeah, he, he's brilliant. He's just so much fun. He gets the game, obviously. But to me, it's the entertainment with him. He's uh, very much a, a modern. He'd be great in our podcast. You know, he's a good laugher. Yeah. Yes, he would be. We should get him on this podcast. I feel that I have to translate you idiots all the time, and I'm sure you feel the same about me. So it's not much different to Kate Abdo, let's be honest. Um, all right. Would you rather ha- have City's replacements up front? So I'm going to give you Mares and Jesus. Uh, or would you rather have Luis Diaz and Bobby Firmino? Yeah, I'm going Man City on that. I think they're deeper there. Coming off the bench. Pretty good. Jimmy? Yeah, I'm going Man City, I think. Yeah, I think you have more depth. That's yeah. for sure. My gut reaction is to go with City as well, so I'll stick there. But I tell you, Diaz has become a hell of a player. Well, not becoming, but we've just seen him now. But every time he's on the pitch, he's uh, the way I talked about how lethal that front three for, for Liverpool is. If one of them go down with an injury, any one of them, Salah or Sané, I don't know if if they you know win their spot back automatically when they come back because I think Diaz is that good. Mm-hmm. I, I think they they're save, maybe saving no, no, saving money. The whole Salah negotiations, you know, Mane's future's being questioned at times as well. Both obviously legends still at the top of their game, but Diaz gives Liverpool a bit of a fallback option, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's much of a fallback to be honest with you. Uh, that that being said, we're, we're we're judging this on a pretty small sample size, but. I don't see a reason why this guy won't be a star of this club. And it does allow you to perhaps, you know, play a little bit harder ball with these guys with contracts saying, listen, we have got a guy here. Mm. We're not that dependent on you. I think that's what they did with Jota as well. Right. And if you yeah, look at be, Man City, man. I think man City started the, the, that process, right? They wrote the book on that when they bought Gabriel Jesus to replace Aguero. And then they yeah. ended up being teammates for five seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it, true. It just, we, we, it just worked. We thought he was going to be Guerrero would slip down though behind Jesus. It hasn't really worked out, has it though? I mean, he's a good player. He's, he's solid off the bench, but when they got him, he was Aguero's replacement, and he never became that. But I think that for Pep, that the whole team just evolved. The dynamic of that team evolved, and I think Jesus seems pretty happy, kind of in the way that he's being used. I mean, I ne- never seen him complaining. He, mm-hmm. he looks quite happy in any of the training videos with the with the team. In that, they seem like a really good unit that just understand the role. You're not going to play every every week like Grealish did at Villa. You're no one is going to be the one main man, and that's a dynamic that they balance in that room. They really do. He does. I've always said it. I think Pep uh, is up there with the very best that uh, manages a room with uh, superstars. Does it really well. So that must be why Brazil won him. So that's the big rumor this week. Yeah. That Apparently they're going hard after him. Spending so a lot of money to get Pep Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. But I've read the money. Uh, no, Chichi's done after this World Cup. Well, I'm after this World Cup. Sorry. Okay. So they're going to they're going to replace uh, Chichi when he. Well, I don't know if he's retired or they're just going to let him run out. He's 60, Chichi. Um, but they want Pep. Although I did read that it was 12 million 
12 million euros was all that they could do for him, but he's on 20 now. So yeah, wasn't it 12 after tax? Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Poor guy. But do you think though Pep could handle international football right now? He seems a guy that has to be just immersed in football 24 seven. Yeah. I'm not sure that would fulfill and satisfy him. Uh, no, it's a, that's a really interesting question. Only Pep could answer that. I'm not sure he would be, maybe he's ready for it or for a few years, maybe, you know, it's a, John, it's a John much easier job in some ways. Yeah. And more difficult than others because you don't have the time to let Pep would love to have that Brazilian side together for months and months and working with them daily. That's not going to happen. But if you, if you look, if he's won, he's won La Liga, he's won the German league, he's won the Premier League, he's won Champions League. You imagine he won a World Cup, greatest of all time. Would he not be? I, I mean, surely that's got to be on his radar trying to win a World Cup now. Yeah, maybe. Point. I think Jose once said it's an old man's job, though, international football. That being said, Pep did take a year off, right, between Bayern Munich and City. He, he does yeah. have a life outside of football, apparently. Maybe not when he's got a job, but he, he's a pretty interesting guy. Maybe that would mm-hmm. satisfy him. I don't know. I want to see him every day, though. I don't want to see him every couple of years at Copa or, or a World Cup. But don't you think if he's a part of that team, um, it, it would make up for that. And you talk of Craig mentioned the, um, you know, immersion, the 24 seven immersion, like John Herdman's not uh, with the team um, daily, but he seems quite immersed 24 seven constantly. Right. I yeah. think Pep would very much be the same. And you, you look at kind of where Brazil have slipped up a little bit and, you know, it's been a while since they uh, have won a world cup. I think that um, it, it's, it's incredible to think of, you know, the players that they might have if when he's in charge come the next big tournament or to come 2026. I think that's an interesting point. We should get Herbman back on the show and ask him just about international football because he's done it the reverse way, hasn't he? He's a young guy that fell into international football first and maybe his future lies in club football. I don't know. Um, but usually it's the opposite way. You cut your teeth at club football and then you, as you get older, the, the international game suits you better. But like you said, he's a modern coach and he is immersed. He's not like John's uh, in his basement watching Netflix during the day because he has time on his hands, is he? He's, he's watching players or studying tactics or whatever he's doing. Yeah, that should be on your 10 questions list, Craig, next time you get a guest. But what do you watch on Netflix? And for someone like him, you know, it would be like, oh, that Boca documentary or, oh, when they followed that uh, third division Argentine team up in the Andes. Yeah, watching that all 37 episodes in Spanish. I don't think he's watching Netflix ever. Sunderland till I die. Probably watched. No, I think he's the guy that would be doing more reading. Mm. Kind of like Jimmy, you know, pulling (laughs) the books and right. Like as, as we discussed last week, how uh, everyone on the show's read my book. I've read it. One person. I know. I appreciate you. Charms. I looked at the pictures. And what do you guys watch on Netflix? Oh, we're doing this, Jimmy. What we watch on Netflix? We've done. Oh, I've got no time for Netflix. I'm too before. busy learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a show I, called The Big Flower Fight. <clears throat> flower as an F L O W E R or F L O U R. Yeah. yeah. Which they one? Take, uh, they have like a little botanical garden, and uh-huh. they take these flowers and weeds, and they sculpt them into really dinosaurs and houses, and it's brilliant. It's such a good show. There's it's a lot about glass blowing. There's a glass one like, similar to that. And it's amazing how these guys and girls can can form these. They'll say, build a hamburger out of glass, for example, yeah. and they'll do it. It's like, holy crap, how do you do that? It's mm. amazing. On Instagram, it's, it's, it's amazing what they can do with flora and fauna. <laughs> Oh, right now. Um, I finished that Korean dating show a while ago. That was thrilling. Uh, <coughs> I'm watching Killing Eve on Crave. Have you watched that with Sandra Oh? And I watched Comer. that actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, it's new season just dropped. So that's what I'm into at the moment. I never finished Drive to Survive. And uh, and Top Boy, I haven't started the new season. Of Top oh, Boy Top Boy. You have to watch the next season. Yeah. I'm actually watching it from the beginning again, from season one, like um, Summer, Summer House. House, the original. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the most recent series is just brilliant. It's just so well done. Wonga, you'd really enjoy Top Boy. 
It'll take I, you into uh, London, that, that, that seedy underbelly of London gangsters. Yeah, so I started it, but it's a commitment, right? I went, like, I literally, when you said it that night, I watched it that day, uh, the next day, and I find it really interesting, but I also don't have a clue what they're saying sometimes. <laughs> I, I need a Google Translate. Like, what's the it's news? Tough. Is it a Samsung phone that has the translate? I need a live transit. Like, it's throw, this off. throw the subtitles on, bruv. Yeah, yeah but I don't, it's, it's their it's reference a, points. Like yeah. their references. I'm like, are they talking about drugs or are they getting a burger? You know, I, I don't well, know. Well, food, that grub, that's, that's, that's the drugs, right? <laughs> P, P's, that's pounds, that's money. Yeah. But it's all about the, uh, you're right, it's the slang they use. Would you guys, did you know all the slang, Charms? Well, I, I was, you know, part of that CD underbelly in London for years yes. myself, right? Private corner, school dealer. I was one of the corner boys. You're the private school <laughs> dealer. There was always one guy, <laughs> right? Yes. Like, you were the guy at the arcade. He'd go, hush, hush. <laughs> What's some hash. Remember that, Craiger? Oh, I, mean, I, was, I, I was Doug Ford. <laughs> you were Doug Ford. You were Doug Ford. No, I was West Coast. It was weed. There's no. Hash. Oh, right. We didn't Sons have. Was we selling didn't... pies and dime bags. Dime bag. Have a sample. Balti, Balti, Balti. Dude, Balti. that's actually Balti. a brilliant Balti. idea. Balti. If you could, if you could partner with a weed company, Charms, you get them high. And you deliver their pies, and then they got the munchies, and they eat all day. It's not a bad idea, Wonger. Well, mm-hmm. is it? I don't Just see a downside saying. to that. I don't either. You got to bring the HP as well. Yep. Yeah, uh, you left your HP over at my house. Craig. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah, if you've been looking for it. Mm. All right, back to Man City <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Would you rather have Carl Walker and, and Joao Cancelo as your fullbacks, or would you rather have Andy Robertson or? Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh. Jimmy, you start with that one. I'm taking uh, Trent and Robertson. So am I. Me too. Not a, you, you can't go wrong though, can you, really? No. And I do like no. Walker, but I'm going to take those mm-hmm. two. I like Cancelo a lot. But So this is, every one you've thrown at us, we've had a consensus on which side. I know. And so far, it's like Liverpool's like the better team thus far. Aside from the replacements, right? Starting. What about you, Sharms? Have you not given your take on any of these? You know who I'm going for. Across the board? Well, just because I'm a Liverpool fan. (laughs) Yeah, but I would take take Morris and and Jesus, I think, as well. Um, I really like Sterling, Foden, and Grealish. I think they're clever. But you're right, that dynamicism of of the front three for for Liverpool. Um, All right, how about midfielders? All right, De Bruyne, Rodri... Gundian, I'm going for. Again, there's so much depth there. It's hard to kind of pick three. Mm. Or Fabinho, yeah. Thiago, Henderson. Ooh. I'm going to take City on that one. I guess. Me too. What's the uh, the X factor? What, what's the one that kind of pushes you over the edge? De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Is De Bruyne, Rodri, Gundian, or Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson? Well, Thiago would be hurt. <laughs> That's true. Time, so it would be that. I think De Bruyne the, for me. De Bruyne is the X Factor. He's Ballon d'Or every yeah. Ballon d'Or candidate every time he's on the pitch, right? I think he's awesome. Yeah, I think I'm with you there as well. It's tight. Oh, who's, Jesus. Who's gonna who's gonna mark? Oh. Just say good luck. <laughs> Whoever whoever's got him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pass him on. We're gonna lads. have to take sh- we're gonna have to they're gonna have to take shifts, right? Like God. Stachio uh, would be all over him, wouldn't he? To see that that engine, he he would. But I wonder would that take a Stachio out of the match completely? But, but it's not as if we'll have the ball anyway. Oh, I'll never say never, Charms. I hope not. But I'm just hey, listen. I'm just being. My bet is honest. that Belgium have more possession, but that doesn't mean anything. No, not with our pace. It's what you do with it. It's got to be a purpose with your yeah, possession. I've seen that happen with the national team. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All That's right. going to keep Roberto Martinez up at night get ahead of that match. I think that they've struggled with that, right? With, uh, coming up against sides that they're supposed to obliterate and run off the pitch. They don't uh, look at some of their qualifying runs. They don't blow out the teams you'd expect them to to blow out. I think they kind of feel that pressure to, to do something uh, purposeful with the possession that they have. Yeah, and their defenders are 
don't know if they match up well with pace of the Canadian front front players. So that's going to scare the living bejesus out of them. Yeah, but come November, there might be three new guys that we're learning about that uh, <laughs> could make up a totally different back three. That's right? why it's so <laughs> difficult, right, for this this particular yeah. World Cup looking ahead because it is almost half a season of football still to come. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Would you rather have uh, centre-backs? We'll go with Diaz and, and Laporte, Ruben Diaz and Laporte for City. And we'll go with uh, VVD and Joel Matip. For, for Liverpool that's tough it is tough it's all tough <clears throat> Van Dyke for sure I take him yeah. for yeah. sure but all day yeah. can I take Van Dyke and Diaz can we do a split um no no <laughs> you can't imagine that though Jesus watch out also well chosen pairings there because you've got one that's really strong and one that's like not so strong well my team's been great this year Laporte I think is underrated as well a little bit right mm-hmm. you can throw John Stones in there if you want or Nathan, yeah. Nathan, okay. Oh, <laughs> Nathan, okay, works I'm hard. I go Liverpool, and I mean, how much? I work hard. I'm going He's Liverpool. Going to be as well. back for <laughs> Van Dyke is just different class. Different. Class. I'll go City yeah. everywhere. I'll go City. Go City. So we've split. So two Liverpool, the ex pros. And I'll, I'll go City because of Ruben Diaz. I just think he's because he's incredible. Portuguese. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, see, racial bias. Glasses. He's a racist. Yeah. Biased. Yeah. Racial. Racialized. Biased. Yeah. Well, xenophobic. Right. I think he's xenophobic. No, no he's a Nash. He's a, he's a patriot. <laughs> I guess is what we want to call him. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a racist. He's no. He's a nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> he'll just he'll put Portuguese people. Above other people. That's all he'll do. Yeah. That's why he picks Mane, Mane, Jota, and Salah too, right? Yeah. He didn't mention it at the time, but... Nope. All right, funny right, that's how you describe me when our host has a colonial accent, as we've described many times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you rather have Edison or Allison? Oh, Craig, let's start with you. I'm going to take uh, Edison because of his range in passing. Only difference. Only difference. I don't think there's a lot between the two of them, to be honest with you. I think Allison might be a better shot stopper, but it's hard to tell because Ederson doesn't get any shots. Yeah, exactly. It's so true, right? <laughs> yeah. B? This is so... T- I mean, even Chi-Chi can't answer this question. How and, they, and they both have that Portuguese connection being Brazilian. It's tough for <laughs> you, isn't it? Yeah. He's Emer- Emerson torn. played at... Uh, Ed- Ederson played at Benfica for that one season. And when they sold him to City, I thought, oh, they paid too much for him too soon. And uh, boy, was I wrong. I think I would go with Craig just based on that ability to hit those long balls and have like a, you know, a 12th outfield player out there. I, I would go with Ederson. It's not as if Allison's Peter Shilton out there. He's pretty good with his feet too. No, but I think that's the best description that Ederson, when they have possession, he's a... A twelfth outfield. He is a excuse me, eleventh outfield player. All right, but who who scored a goal in the last couple of years? Who? Who? Oh, what a goal that was! By the way, what yeah, you don't a think goal. T- Tim Howard's not out here getting jobs because he scored that goal in the wind once? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> but Allison's from a corner, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a header Allison. out of header. Amazing! Oh, amazing yeah. moment, Jimmy. What are you thinking? <sighs> <clears throat> I want to go against Craig, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm going to take uh, Ederson. Simply well, because of the this. fact that he, he can play out of the back. He's got great delivery. He can open up teams, stretch them, and he's got possession. You're right. He's like a he's like a another outfielder. It's like another center back at times, isn't he? Center backs are so comfortable with him. They can push up and open up knowing that you've got mm-hmm. a keeper on the ball that can just spray it anywhere. Even yeah. from a goal kick, you know, we've seen him, you know, yeah. two yards away from the ball and nail 180 yards into into the front line into the Aguero. He's assisted. I never even knew you could be offside on a goal kick until you saw a guy <laughs> kick the ball 80 yards over the top. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. All right, final one terrifying. for you. Final one. It's you terrifying. know it's coming. It's tough. Yeah. It's real tough. 
but uh, I think as, as we've all already acknowledged that Pep is probably the best in the world. Who would you rather have? As, okay, let's ask you this. As your manager, all right? As your manager, would you rather have Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola? Jimmy? <laughs> That's a that's a difficult one. I think Pep would I, be I could tell you who Jimmy would work better underneath. I would tell you, in my opinion, who Jimmy would work better underneath and from his personality point of view. And that would be Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. And why is that? Because he feeds off that. I think Jimmy Pep always feeds it off that sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Raw, raw you, could banter. you can banter with Klopp, but I don't think you could banter with Pep. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Do you see Pep's looks in press conferences when someone's posing a question? He's got this look of like just so, so incredulous, like you're the you're a fucking idiot. What are you yeah. What are you talking about? What a stupid question! Then he'll go, oh well. La, 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 la. He's got look in his face. He's got this resting bitch face that might be the best in the Premier League. That's such a great point. And in press conferences, Jurgen Klopp makes every person in the room feel like the most important journalist. Honestly, pearly whites. It's, yeah, that's yeah. a great comparison. I'd like to Pep's ask a better uh, question. Go ahead. Pep I'd, like to ask, better. I'd like to ask Pep who he'd want to punch in the face. Like I do you guys, because it would put him off kilter instead of that, you know, resting bitch face. He can, it would be one of those stupid tent questions. I ask he, but, he would, st- first of all, he, he would start with who, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> What do you, Footy Prime? Footy Prime? What, is, what the fuck is Footy Prime? <laughs> I, I, I tell you, though, I would pay money to, to see the behind the scenes, the all or nothing of Jimmy in a, in a, a Pep change room, like working with Pep for a season. That would, that would be good. <laughs> Yimmy, be good. put some pants on Yimmy. Where's Yimmy? Yeah. Actually, you know, and those all for nothings, I think Jimmy would have been a great focal point for one of those all for nothings you know how they usually target one or two players because they've got personalities it was um fabian delph in the city one right wasn't a star player but he was like a character in the room and and he got a lot of time a camera time i bet jimmy would get a lot of camera time that'd be fair to say craig as a former teammate of jimmy internationals would he be the guy that the cameras follow around Mm -hmm. Well, he'd be to the camera because he wouldn't be playing. He'd be like, so he could do, he could do all the talking he wants. <laughs> He's such a dick. He is today. I, I think with Pep, I think I, I would, listen, I love the way that he plays, but I think he, he would be, he'd be too intense for me. Yeah. And I don't think he would, he would like that because I'd be more or less saying like, you need to fucking relax here a little bit. <laughs> Where the Klopp, Klopp, you could have a bit of banter with him. You know, like he's intense at the time when when you need to be, but then he's also got that other side where he wants to have a little mm. laugh and you know, yeah, yeah, chill the chill the room out. And I think you could have a I think you could have good good banter with Klopp. I think you're always going to be good with smile. both of the managers if you perform. If you yeah, perform, both these guys you're going to be fine with. If you don't, and he they see you, you know, dicking around in training, not putting it in. You're going to be yeah. in trouble with both of them. I don't think you'll like either one of them. Mm-hmm. But it was like Holger. Holger was very intense, but, very intense. But he he liked me, and I got on with him because he he just understood my character. He understood what I was like, and but he knew when it was time to work, I worked. And then after it was, I used to have a laugh with him. He just hated Bertram. Yeah, maybe he just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Bertram was on another level, <laughs> different level. Yeah. All right, fellas, listen, uh, before we, we end today, obviously Canada women's team playing Nigeria a couple of games in the uh, celebration tour this weekend. Steph Labay playing a last international. Uh, what a servant she has been for this country, and I suspect we'll be hearing a lot of her in the coming uh, years. Uh, she'll be very active, I think, in, in football in this country. Craig, mm. do you remember when, when it was your time to say farewell to the national team? And we know the club story. But what was the national team story? How did that go down? Well, it's really nice for, you know, LeBay to actually have this situation where she can, you know, say farewell and have a farewell tour after winning a Olympic gold medal is, is very, very rare. Like she's sitting in a, a unique situation where she's ready to step away okay? um, as we've talked to her um, and go into other things as well. They're, to her, I think, and to everybody else, quite frankly, are going to be more meaningful um, 
And I think she's going to be, uh, you know, we're not going to see the end of her uh, um, off the pitch, but I don't expect an awful lot to do, but we never had that. I mean, I, I got ball cancer, so that kind of ended any kind of that. And there was never a farewell for a club or country, really. It just sort of, all right, I guess I'm done. What do I do now? But they did parade you out like, you know, 20, 22 years later this past weekend. That was good enough, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. It was totally nice. Support. It was nice. Yeah. Just 22 years yeah. too late, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, what was your Gosh, story you when you were uh, the country and they... Uh... What? What was your, uh, your moment when you... Club, obviously, you kept playing, right? Yeah. Or did you, or was it all at once? What no, was, your, was your international I, I retirement stopped, story? Yeah, I stopped international. Um, it was just to the point where it was, it was too much. I think towards the end there, my body was sore. and I couldn't do international and, and, and do club. And I was solely focusing on, on club at the time. Um, I remember Hardy, I had a good conversation with him and he wanted me to come back to the Gold Cup. And I said to him flat out, I said, look, I've already won it. I don't want to win another one. So um, I'm going to take this one off. (laughs) 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 I got a bronze medal. I don't need any more. I was just, I just, I I could, I, you just know when the time's right, your body's sore and it's aching and you know, it's, it becomes too much to travel and the games and, you know, I was Did you know your last first. game? Like your last game was your last game internationally? Because Craig yeah. didn't, right? You wouldn't have known Craig. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Can't say we'll do that to you, right? It comes out of nowhere, like fuck. Yeah. I mean, I ended on a, I mean, a pretty good tournament. Obviously, the Confed <laughs> Cup was a an amazing tournament to go to, and just the Confederation winners there. So um, that experience was amazing. It really yeah. was. So that was my last surfer. So that's not bad, you know. Not bad. No, but that was always hard at my age because it's an under twenty three tournament for men. A lot of people don't even know that, but you can play some over yeah. age. Yeah, it hasn't got the now, same but... hasn't got the same respect on the men's side for sure. Although no. some countries it, it, it does. Jimmy, so sorry. Did you uh, know when your last game for Canada was, or was it something you had to contemplate after? No, it was, uh, yeah, I had to contemplate after. Um, you know whether I wanted to continue with the with the national team or or not um i think look you know we like craig said we're, we're fortunate where we got to win the win the gold cup and we also finished third in it then we went to Conf- uh, the confederation cup which was awesome um and then we got invited to the copa america um that's right you know and that was one tournament that i really really wanted to play in but we had to pull out because of political reasons the, some unrest in Colombia at the time um, mm-hmm. so we pulled out Argentina pulled out Argentina was actually in our group um, and I think Honduras and Costa Rica took took our places um, <clears throat> but that would have been that's one thing I, I regret and obviously not getting to a World Cup you know with the national team but I think you know over over our careers and, and Craig as well youth team you know when you we've played in the under 17 World Cup and you know we went to I think you you did as well didn't you Craig, didn't you U twenty World Cup, yeah. U twenty World Cup, yeah. So we've we had some great great moments with the national team and and won some some uh, some good events and but it was just it was time it was time with the national team. You just know it's it's also the situation of the team too, right, Jimmy? Let's yeah, face it. If you're if you're on the edge of the team right now, you're going to yeah. say yes. I'm all in. I'm, I want to yeah. be part of this team. I want to go to you know, Qatar. So. Yeah, but then you know when I think for me as well, you know, like we, the situation we, is different than they were. They were poor. There was there was younger guys starting to come through the system, um, and then you know you're talking to the manager. Am I starting? Well, I don't know if you're going to start, and so you start making decisions. Look, am I going to? I'm going to start for club team, but am I going to start with the national team? And then if I do go national team, if I don't play, then I'm going to lose my spot at club. So you know that that all comes into play. And, uh, that's where I was at the time. You know, I wasn't. Towards the end of my career, I wasn't a regular starter for the national team either. So, you know, you just, I had to make a, make a decision. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had Josh Simpson coming through. He was a great left, left-sided player. Uh, you know, we had Mike, uh, Mike Koklowski as well, who was playing over in Belgium and, and having a lot of success. So, you know, you, some, there comes a point where you just got to step aside and say, that was it. 
Well, Arkhouse, congratulations to Steph LeBay for just a great career and friend of the show, Steph LeBay. Um, before we go, B. Wonga, any, any uh, comments on how you felt when you realized that you weren't going to make the national team anymore? At the age of eight, when I got cut from FC Nationals in Windsor? That was a moment, was it? it was <laughs> I was going to miss those road trips to suburban Detroit. I mean, we tore apart Chuck E. Cheese in Canton, Michigan. Dude, is, that, is that a true story? True story. Eight you got eight. cut in, when you're eight years old? Mm-hmm. Dude, I've never been that bad an athlete. <laughs> it is hard to be cut at eight, actually, isn't it? You it must be absolutely shit if you're getting cut at eight years old. You've seen me play, so I'm the, I'm the, I, I don't think I've improved at all. I have the same How quality. could you keep playing? Is my point. Well, I didn't. I it broke my soul. I didn't play until <laughs> oh, probably until university. This is a sad story. Do you, do you think if you tried for that team now, like at your age now, if you tried for the <laughs> under eights, you wouldn't make it? Oh. I wouldn't make it, no. No, the, the kids were all bulking. I never had a chance. They were <laughs> they were so good. Were you small for your age? Probably. And they threw me in goal because they're like, well, he's paid the team fee. His parents have paid for the season. <laughs> so we got to do something. Where's the least liability? And they threw me in goal. And we went to this tournament in Canton, Michigan. And these kids were doing, we, we didn't even know what they called it. These kids were doing bicycle kicks from the top of the box. I think I've told this story before. And, and Greg says, yeah, you just don't remember. It was definitely the six yard box. Anyway, this kid with a mullet did a bicycle kick and we called it the Brazilian. Never seen anyone do it before in real life. I lost, I think it was, 8 nil at halftime? I've seen Chuck a few Brazilians, but not on a football field. No. Well, I was going to say, that's... Uh, the Brazilian the is something... The way Jimmy different. runs around naked, we should call him the Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> After I get my wax. Exactly. <laughs> All right, fellas, we should call it a day. Um, thank you very much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. We're back on Sunday night slash Monday morning. Like, follow, share. And uh, enjoy the weekend's games, big games at both ends of the table across Europe. So uh, thank you very much. This has been Footy Prime, the podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.